Welcome to episode 20 of Turtle Talks with the Garden Crew, Happy Dancing Turtles bi-monthly podcast that focuses on gardening, nature, soil health, food systems, and anything else we can think of that falls under the topic of sustainable practices. In this episode, we talk with Bob McLean, District Governor nominee for Rotary District 5580. Bob highlights the work Rotary International is doing across the world in the field of water access. We also talk about what you can do locally to help water stress locations all across the world. So thanks for tuning in. It's going to be a great episode. And thank you for turning in to this episode of Turtle Talks with the Garden Crew. Uh, my name is Colin McLean and I do the marketing up here at Happy Dancing Turtle. And we're very lucky to have Robert McLean, we call him Bob. He happens to be the principal executive officer here at Happy Dancing Turtle, but he is also the district governor nominee for Rotary, uh, what district is district, it? District 5580. 5580. And he is going to talk with us about Rotary's water projects, and they are numerous. I saw this district. It's not small. It, it covers like, what, all of North Dakota, a lot of Canada? <laughs> yeah, ge geographically, it is huge. We have just uh, a little bit of Canada. We've got the uh, southeastern tip of Ontario, which mm -hmm. includes Thunder Bay all the way up to Nipigon. Uh, it geographically goes further north from Nipigon, but I think the only thing beyond that is wolf, moose, squirrel. Uh, <laughs> no, there are no clubs beyond uh, Nipigon. Uh, then we have uh, northwestern uh, Wisconsin and all of northern Minnesota. Well, fantastic. So geographically, it's it's a it's a it's a large area. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've known Bob McLean for oh geez, twenty years now, coming mm -hmm. up to twenty years now, and. For most of that time, he's been involved in Rotary International. He's been uh, a member of the Central Lakes uh, Central Lakes chapter. Is that what it was? Central Lakes Rotary Club. Mm -hmm. Yep. And since this month is World Water Month, and uh, March 22nd is World Water Day, we wanted to highlight the importance of water in our everyday use. Bob, I just have some of your um, past and current roles here. Um, you were the chair of the Water and Sanitation Hygiene Committee. You we're part of the Lake Atlant Wash Project. You're a lifetime member of Water and Sanitation Rotary Action Group, WASREG, says that. WASREG, correct. right? Mm -hmm. and, and among many more that mm -hmm. I've seen in your bio. Um, you're very, very busy with Rotary. Yeah, could you talk a little bit about some of the projects that Rotary International does that are concerned water and maybe some of the things that you've done? I know you've done several projects out of states. I've, I've, I've yeah. done a few, Yeah. but uh, Rotary has done many and water, is uh, one of the six areas of focus for Rotary International. And they, uh, they have, uh, they're famous for their work to eradicate polio from around the world. And they are literally just you know, tens of people away from uh, eradicating polio from, from the earth, which is marvelous. Right. Uh, and with that, uh, it, there's a, a, an incredible network of Rotarians all around the world who work with uh, nonprofits, uh, government entities, and all from a service and humanitarian perspective uh, and you know, past polio, uh, key areas that we're focused on is peace and conflict resolution, disease prevention and treatment, uh, water, sanitation, hygiene, mm -hmm. maternal and child health, basic education and literacy, and then economic and community development. So those are the six areas of focus that Rotary is focusing on beyond polio. And from my perspective, having spent uh, I was the chair of the uh, district water committee for six years on uh, water uh, and sanitation hygiene. Uh, 
And to me, when you look at those six areas of focus, water is at the heart of all of that. Uh, and, it's and important, yeah. It's, it's, well, it's critical. When you, when you think, you know, every, a family of four needs uh, four gallons of water per day. Uh, when you look at the difficulty that uh, exists around the world just to have access to that amount, uh, there are millions, literally millions of people around the world uh, who don't have access to clean water. Let's, let's go over some of those numbers there. Uh, I looked it up, uh, water.org has these numbers and they're just mind-blowing. 844 million people lack access to clean water. Now that's just drinkable water, that's um, for sanitation. It's, it's, that's, that's it's a, something that, potable right, that, you can, right. that, you can, that you can drink, that you can cook with, and then some. Sure, mm -hmm. sure. Um, but that on top of that, even more, over 2 billion people are without basic sanitation. Toilets, toilets basically. Mm -hmm. Sanitation and hygiene, uh, it, we take it for granted. Uh, we take water for granted in our country, especially in our part of the United States with Minnesota, you know, where we're, where we're sitting right now, I, I think within a radius of 50 miles are like 500 lakes. Right. You know, and we're, you know, we're two hours away from the largest freshwater um, uh, basin in the world with the Lake Superior. So it's, it's hard to fathom what it would be like to not have clean water. Uh, add to that uh, what it's like to not have access to sanitation hygiene facilities. And on, on one mission trip, I uh, was lucky enough to um, end up becoming ill because of a sanitation issue. Lucky you. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was an interesting experience in part because it, it gives you an appreciation of you know, what it must be like if that's like a regular routine. You know, what happens to your sense of productivity when you are that ill? I mean, just picture, picture the worst case of the flu you've ever had and, and then, you know, amplify it. And that's what you end up with. And it's, it's incredibly debilitating. So you imagine if most of your work is, you know, working in, um, you know, gardening or, you know, some type of agriculture or manufacturing or whatever it might be in, in these developing countries, and you are ill uh, frequently. That is such a challenge. Strength is gone, ability to function. All of that diminished. is it's huge. Yeah, yeah. And then, but the other thing that I think we don't appreciate is you know, we turn on the tap and, and water comes, clean water comes flowing out. Right. You look at parts of the world you know, where you've got that 844 million people without access to clean water. Uh, it is estimated by UNICEF that every day Every day, 200 million hours are spent every day just walking to get water. Right, and it's not, you know, men. It's women and children. Something. Women and going children. Going to school should be a priority. Doing something, anything else should be a priority. That should be right. And and so you you think of it, you know, again the six areas of focus. Think of what that does to your economy if what we take for granted ends up being being a primary responsibility for girls and women. Yeah. Uh, and as you, as you say, what impact does that have on their ability to pursue their education? Well, it serves as one example of uh, projects that Rotary is doing where they deliberately set up wells with clean water next to schools. And, and they recognize that uh, the girls might still be stuck having to carry the water, but the rule is, okay, they have to carry the water, but they, they bring an empty bucket, in the morning, they stay in school 
and then they can carry their bucket home <laughs> with water at night. <laughs> kind so, of bribe them that way. Huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. It, yeah. it's it's a great way to provide that opportunity. Yeah. And that's uh, th that's a that's a project. Now I think they. Um, I was just at a conference call yesterday where I believe they have 47 um, communities where they are uh, prototyping this uh, across the globe because they, they want to be able to demonstrate the effectiveness that it has uh, for education, for health and wellness, and the economic impact. Yeah. And again, if, if you're spending you know, collectively 200 million hours a day just hauling water, uh, there's a lot of other things you just don't have time for. Right, right. Now, you said you developed uh, Enolis when you were down in Guatemala. Is was, that where mm -hmm. you were? Yeah. It was, we, were, we were in a village, yeah. a village without any, uh, any plumbing, any clean water facilities. Uh, and uh, as we were working on a project, I came to realize uh, that the, the backside of the structure that I was working on was their, uh, their latrine. And it, it wasn't something that was obvious to me until, unfortunately, it was it was too late. A little too late, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I I had a you know fortunately I didn't get ill, but in a similar experience uh, when I was in Haiti, um, you know, an, an outdoor facility that it did actually have a cover over it, uh, but it was it was a uh, a difficult environment to be in. Sure, you know, sure. Over, overwhelming, and that's where. Uh, I think of one project in particular in Garcelina, Haiti, where we've installed uh, public toilets. You know, they're compost systems, but uh, effective. Mm -hmm. uh, and compost toilets can be very effective if they're if they're well managed, and they put together uh, a very good program for managing the compost as well as taking care of the uh, public bathrooms. Well, it sounds like that's a win-win, though. I mean, if you're lacking the clean water um, or any sanitation uh, abilities. Yeah, go with what you have or what you can go with, mm -hmm. use, and then you get the compost at the end. They must have nice it's, gardens over there. It's, well, it, it, they're, they're learning that, yeah. and, that, and that's a cultural thing too. Not, ev not everyone is comfortable with humaner. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and so uh, that's part of education is understanding um, you know, some things, though they appear as waste, they might actually be a very valuable resource. Sure. So there are dozens, I did some research, very little research <laughs> when mm -hmm. preparing for this uh, episode, but there are dozens of uh, charity water organizations throughout the world. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just going to name a couple. There's Charity Water, there's Maya, Water.org, uh, Columbia Water Center, Water is Life, Water Aid, Water America, American Water Works Association, many, many, many more. Mm -hmm. But uh, well, let's one talk. Drop. <laughs> yeah. One drop. One yeah, drop. Yeah, there's. Uh, countless, and they're all doing good work, but mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about the, the Rotary Branch. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called the Water and Sanitation Rotarian Action Group, right? Correct. We'll Wasserag. call that Wasserag for mm -hmm. short, right? Um, right. Uh, could you speak a little bit more about what Wasserag is doing, whether it's uh, locally, um, internationally? and they, they have projects that they are doing all around the world. Um, now, mm -hmm. That's just a subgroup mm -hmm. from within Rotary, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Right. Wasserag would be 
you know, the Rotary has different action groups. Yeah. And that's uh, so the, the rag part is Rotary Action Group. Sure. And this is for water and sanitation. They they work with uh, the World Health Organization. They work with UNICEF. Uh, they work with you know various NGOs. Uh, in the case of Haiti, uh, we have uh, a very close working relationship with the Faith Project, mm -hmm. uh, and they in turn have uh, working relationships with other uh, nonprofits that are you know, serving the, that part of Haiti. Uh, in Guatemala, um, similar, you have uh, a very strong presence in Guatemala with uh, strong Rotary clubs who team up with other Rotary clubs. Uh, in, in our case, um, we have multiple projects going on, not only in Lake Adelon, but in, in many of the smaller communities. And, and in that case, we're dealing with um, water pollution as well as uh, safe drinking water. Is uh, that, a, um, is that in, uh, industrial pollution you're talking about? Or is that in, more of a... In the, in the case of Lake Adelon, it was our district's first um, global grant, and we teamed up with the um, Rotary Club in Cupertino, California, as well as the, uh, the Rotary Club in Guatemala. And uh, with Lake Adelan, what was happening was uh, this gorgeous, gorgeous mountain lake is, uh, sits in a valley surrounded by uh, three, three active volcanoes and other mountains. And, and it's a bowl. And everything flows down. Mm -hmm. and, and in this area, I think around Lake Adelan, there's an estimated uh, 200,000 people in, who live in that area. But there's no municipal facilities. And so you, you have uh, a constant inflow of nutrients, if you would. <laughs> right. And, and part, of the, uh, part of the problem with the nutrients, you know, it comes down to just uh, basics of the day. You have uh, women who go down to the lake to wash their clothes. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we, teaming up with the uh, Guatemala uh, Rotary Club, uh, we put together uh, facilities that would be um, washing facilities designed by the women that are doing the washing. Uh, it included a playground area for the children so that they can, you can get them out of the uh, polluted water. Uh, it, it included bathroom facilities. And then in addition, it included a, um, a constructed wetland that would then treat the soapy water. Uh, and then there were some additional treatments that were involved. But by the time the effluent was flowing into Lake Adelan, it was clean water rather than uh, a nutrient-filled soapy water. Well, that's one thing that we do talk about here on this podcast is the ability of soil to clean out anything, basically, to get it's a huge. good start. Yeah, absolutely. It is huge. Knowing, knowing just the basics, and, it, and it's um, in, in part emulating nature mm -hmm. and, and you know, capitalizing on what nature's been doing for you know, a billion years to do the same with, you know, with our own waste. Yeah, Mother Nature knows, I guess, mm -hmm. right? Well put. Well, you know, the thing, though, is, is that talking about... Uh, Rotary International. I mean, just how, I wouldn't say convenient, but it's, it's by design, I would imagine, but just to have all these different connections throughout the world where you can identify a problem in, in some geographically remote area, and then people from all over the world can come and help solve this problem. That's got to be affirming, I would think, you know, that you must be doing something right. Well, it helps significantly. I, I was on a, um, a webinar last night uh, there's a group called uh, the Cadre, and these are our technical experts and financial experts that help with global grants with Rotary. So they are individuals who uh, may be you know, on-site in, in Latin America, in Africa, uh, but you, you raise a good point. Uh, if you have an issue that comes up, 
you can go to the cadre and simply ask, you know, has there been anyone who has done a water project in uh, Quran, uh, Libya, or, or Liberia? You know, has there been anyone who's done a, um, uh, a solar project in in Africa? Right. You, you, so you you have the opportunity to reach out and ask uh, who's done this, who's been there, uh, what are the issues, you know, what are the things that we need to do to take into consideration, so that the project is not only you know, successful per se, but also sustainable. And and that's key in in the water projects. For many years, there was great intention on the part of Rotary clubs to bring water solutions to various communities, but not recognizing that. Uh, if you don't bring the right water project that's sustainable, that can be maintained when you leave, then you end up with some very expensive solutions sitting in the ground that don't work anymore. Right. Because you, you don't have a mechanical engineer, you don't have spare parts. Yeah. You, so a, a key part now of what Rotor, Rotary works towards is making sure that it is a sustainable project, that there are people on the ground in the villages that you're providing this service to that can maintain this into perpetuity. And so there's an educational component it may be a job opportunity for an individual, uh, but you want to make sure that whatever solutions you bring in are workable for that area, that community, and not necessarily uh, the, the coolest high-tech uh, <laughs> development that's, that's right. out there. One that jumps out at me that they're working on right now that I think is pretty phenomenal, uh, they are working with the government of Haiti, uh, and it's a Rotary Haiti initiative that WASRAG is directing where their intention is over an extended period of time to bring clean water and sanitation solutions to every Haitian in that country. And that's a huge undertaking. That is gonna take millions of dollars mm -hmm. uh, to accomplish. But uh, it's being directed by a group of individuals that have been very active in water projects around the world for many years. And so you know, they recognize it is critical that these projects be truly sustainable that it's not dependent on Rotarians being there every day after, you know, after the project is quote unquote done, that, that the systems will continue to work. But it's also then um, providing an opportunity to uh, work with a, a government that at times has been challenging to work with. And, and so it's, it's, not, it's not an environment that, uh, that you could say is uh, at, at peace with itself and uh, and, and that things are running smoothly. It's, it's a challenging environment, but uh, everyone involved recognizes how critically important water is to you know, the health and well-being of their citizens, how important it is for their economy, uh, and how important it is basically for um, you know, a part of their, their political environment. Uh, if you have people who uh, are, are ill and dying of waterborne uh, illnesses, if they're starving, uh, because they don't have clean water to, to grow crops, uh, at some point you have enormous civil unrest. Right. And uh, when, you can, when you can create an environment that has economic opportunity, that meets at least the basic needs of, of water and food, you, you know, people have less reason to uh, be, become um, <laughs> you know, challenging the status quo. Right, right, more volatile. And that's the thing, I guess, is creating ownership of these projects it can't just be from from the organization, it has to come from bottom up, I would I, imagine. I, you're spot on with that, Colin. It is important that each solution you know, works in, in the village, in the community uh, that you're working with. Uh, a, a big pipe solution might work in, say, Port-au-Prince, 
but it's certainly not going to work in um, Garceline. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to uh, customize the technology solution uh, to fit the environment that you're in and make sure then that with that uh, customization, it's something that, as you pointed out, the people in the village take ownership of it and can maintain it going forward. Excellent. I've longed for this place, longed for this place for so long. Now I lay me down, I lay me down and be alone. And I breathe in the air fresh from the blessed Midwest. I am held by the forest where I go for rest. And washed by the waters of Lake Michigan and wherever I go I will return again to my Now you've been talking about things that have been going on internationally uh, throughout uh, different regions that, that do have water stress, but is there anything we can do uh, locally that, that can help on the international level? It's, it's exciting to see all the different simple technologies and complex technologies that are being developed. You know, you've got you know, local flow faucets, you have um, toilets now that, that will use different levels of, of water depending upon you know, what needs to be processed. Uh, you even have, you know, research being done where you have uh, zero effluent leaving the house where people are able to, you know, bring water in through rain barrels or what have you, and then reuse and reuse and reuse through uh, some simple, some very sophisticated systems uh, so that the amount of water we, the amount of net water we consume actually goes down dramatically. And I think that's a, that's a key element, knowing that we really do have a finite amount of clean water for us to use in this generation and generations <laughs> to come. Right. That you know, the, each, each little drop that we might be able to preserve can mean a great deal for uh, future generations. So being mindful of the different things that are uh, being made available through technology and just simple practical use we end up becoming much better stewards of this very valuable resource. Yeah, Didn't, isn't there like a 0.7% of all the water is accessible? Is that all it is? It's unbelievably small when you think of how much water there is in the world and how much of it is actually potable. It's of a really small percentage. Right. So the better we are at being stewards with that, the better we are at not allowing that very valuable resource to be used for you know, certain processes that simply can't be uh, reused, uh, recycled. Uh, the more we can shift those things, the better, you know, we leave the earth uh, for the long run. Right. It, it, I mean, isn't it kind of funny, though, that, uh, you know, one of the most, um, one of the most uh, critical resources that we have, um, and we just basically, we poop in it, <laughs> we mm -hmm. just kind of waste it that way, you know, and, if you, you know, think of it that way. Yes, and, and fascinating that there are those you know, smarter than me, that are figuring out ways of, you know, not having to use clean water in order to deal with that. You know, you, we might find a resurgence in uh, compost toilets. We might find, uh, you know, different systems that are able to do processing without having to use such an abundance of water and save the good water for other uses. Is there anything that we can do on local side to help? Actually, it, on, on a variety of fronts, I think it's really interesting when you think of uh, various organizations that, that we've been associated with 
uh, and by we, you know, putting on the Happy Dancing Turtle hat, mm -hmm. uh, you look at the work being done, for example, with the Environmental Initiative. You know, they, they team up with uh, a, a broad base of organizations, including major corporations, to look at their own practices within uh, the corporation. So you could have um, you know, a, a Target, you could have a Best Buy, you could have you know, the um, uh, Shakopee uh, Band of uh, Lakota, mm -hmm. uh, a whole host of, of participants that are looking at their own corporate practices and say, you know, what can we do that is more environmentally friendly or that is, makes us better stewards? And generally what they find is the efforts that they put into it also have a very positive economic benefit. Well, that's the bottom line, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's very, it's very important that it, it's, in, in a sense, if you can find those things that are true economic uh, opportunities within an organization, you know, either in, in cutting costs or not wasting resources, uh, and it does positively affect your bottom line, that's a, that's a wonderful lead, and it just happens that the earth wins too. Right. Uh, when I look at the the farm practices that um, have been advocated by Happy Dancing Turtle, by the Sustainable Farming Association, by a host of, of organizations that are recognizing that when you start using approaches like no-till and you start looking at uh, the impact that has on uh, soil health and, uh, and soil uh, remediation, uh, the capacity of the soil to actually retain water uh, and, and be able to uh, hold water rather than lose it to evaporation or runoff. Uh, those those areas are huge, and agriculture is one of the very largest consumers of clean water. So if there are ways for uh, an ag business to continue to uh, prosper and do well uh, and reduce their water consumption, which in turn reduces their own operational costs, then again, economically they benefit and the earth wins. So being able to look at those general practices uh, on a large scale, um, th there can be some huge impact that happens. But I think also on the aggregate, if we look at our own practices and see what we do in, in our consumption of, of various products and recognize that you know, products that we consume, you know, we, we talk about a carbon footprint, but there also might be a water footprint. You Giant know? water footprints and, 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 and again, stuff. Yeah. You, you look at how corporations are sourcing products. Uh, they are becoming more and more mindful about uh, being good stewards, that they, they have more leverage than we might have as individual consumers to be able to say to their suppliers, uh, you know, we like your product, and if you could improve your process in this manner, uh, we'd like it even more. Yeah. And, and so there's, there's leverage that can be uh, had by, uh, by being an active consumer that then is connected with uh, those, that you, those retails that you, you patronize that they know it's important to you as an active consumer that you want them to be sourcing their products, their goods uh, from people who are uh, good stewards with our limited resources. Uh, that's a lot to ingest, Bob. Um, if you have more questions or if you, if you want to find out more about what Rotary International is doing, what's the website that we can go to? to... I think going to uh, wasreg.org okay. or, or simply put in uh, rotary.org and then look under the water area. Perfect, perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, Bob. Uh, a pleasure. Yeah, um, my name is Colin McLean. If you do have any more questions um, about Turtle Talks, send us a message at info at happydancingturtle.org. Uh, we love hearing your comments and questions, and we will see you next episode. Thank you. Yeah.